Good morning. You're tuned in to CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasting from Mokinstis and the city of Calgary on Treaty 7 land at 18,000 watts. Streaming at cjsw.com, available on Apple Podcast and the snazzy CJSW app. Today is February 1st, 2024, and this is episode 176 of the Calgary Almanac. Earlier this month, internal documents from the Alberta Energy Regulator were obtained that reveal the cost of cleaning up Alberta's oil and gas wells was sitting at $88 billion or 263% higher than publicly reported by the regulator. On today's show, we'll chat with Philip Meinzer from the Alberta Wilderness Association on a panel discussion they are hosting tonight at the Alberta Wilderness Association in Hillhurst about reconsidering the Alberta Energy Regulator. Stay tuned for that in the second hour of the show at 8.15. We'll have lots of new music on the show today, including Montreal saxophonist Elise Van Deschay, Austin, Texas slowcore duo Howdy, and Kelowna, BC's Mr. Awesome. But first, we start the show with Ray Spoon and their latest release, Not Dead Yet. My name is Peter Oliver, and I'll be your host until 10 o'clock this morning. You're now listening to Radio Free Calgary.
CGSW 90.9 FM. That was a new EP by Taylor Bond Smith, best known as a member of Montreal's electro-pop trio Braids, with a new solo release of ambient music titled Bog. We started the morning off with Ray Spoon and a track from the Not Dead Yet, released this past August. I think I was a person, and we're sitting at a comfortable six degrees in Calgary. The air is actually nice. I think um, I think uh, if the air continues to be uh, garbage on a regular basis, it might be worth continuing to report uh, in the weather. But uh, it's it's at least a th- or not any higher than a three today, and uh, you can you can sense it. It's not uh, garbage air. There was only the sound of crows cawing on campus this morning walking in. Imagine that. The Palgrave Almanac is brought to you by the Establishment Brewing Company, located at 4407 First Street Southeast, located in the heart of the Manchester Brewing District. And uh, there's a couple days of Nice warm weather ahead. Eight degrees tomorrow, nine degrees, or eight degrees today, nine degrees tomorrow. Uh, you might be able to take advantage of their pet friendly and sunny patio space. You can also check them out online at EST Brew and uh, on their website, establishmentbrewing.ca. We're going to go next to a new track off the Smile, the second album from the duo of uh, Radiohead members, Wall of Eyes. Uh, That is, I believe, is fully out now. And we'll be back with uh, a great show of uh, Palgrave Almanacking here on CGSW 90.9 FM.
before the static There was magic Before the hard work There were fireworks CGSW 90.9 FM. We are coming at you from Calgary, Alberta here at the McEwen Hall Student Center. That was Lana Winterhalt from Act One, the first of two EPs in the run-up to the full-length uh, album, which will be coming out in March of this year, Recovering, Recovering Theatre Kid. That track was Static. 
We started the set off with The Smile uh, from the Wall of Eyes release, the second album uh, that uh, came out earlier this week. Uh, track there was I Quit. We're going to go next to Claude with the second album from the Brooklyn-based indie pop artist uh, that is titled Supermodels as we continue on the Palgary Almanac here on CGSW.
Good morning, you're listening to CGSW 90.9 FM. That was Little Misty with a track called Dust from Nowhere Land uh, out of Montreal, their sophomore release. Before that, we had Elise Van Deschay, some saxophone uh, from their 2021 solo debut album. And uh, we kicked off the set with Claude uh, from Supermodels and a track called Crumbs, the uh, second album from the Brooklyn-based indie pop artist. Uh, You may have heard the news late yesterday, or maybe you'll hear it uh, this morning, but the premier of this province, Danielle Smith, uh, has uh, taken a surprise attack on the rights of uh, transgender youth in this province. Um putting them in very vulnerable situations in schools and uh, could potentially threaten the lives of uh, many of them and their safety uh, in an act that was not at all um, part of the UCP's election platform, but uh, was rather more um, the priority of a very small, uh, mostly rural social conservative uh, base, which now controls the the UCP party and apparently Danielle Smith and uh, it's um, very embarrassing I think for this province and um, totally I think disgraceful of this government and I think it's important that with uh, news and attacks like this we'd be aware that uh, the attack on the rights of one group of people in our society um, will eventually lead to attack on the rights of other groups of people in society. And with all the distractions um, that happen, I think it's, well, important first to recognize that a lot of these things um, are distractions from the real problems we face uh, in this province, like climate change. There's a... Uh, a massive drought uh, already underway that's going to really hurt us this summer. Uh, we have a housing crisis, a health care crisis. Um, it's harder and harder now to find public health care here uh, and private um, family uh, doctors. Uh, we have oil and gas liabilities, which we'll hear more about in the second hour of the show, um, that are in the tens of billions of dollars, close to $100 billion dollars. Uh, in cleanup, probably higher if you include the oil sands, uh, with no uh, private sector uh, plan or uh, financial backing to ensure those those get cleaned up and don't get passed on to to uh, the public. Uh, we had an $831 million public arena subsidy to the billionaire uh, NHL franchise owners here in town, um, and we had conservative media and conservative politicians in city uh, council um, lighting their hairs on fire about uh, 15 cent surcharge on on uh, paper bags this week at at drive through takeout restaurants these are all meant to be distractions from from the real problems and um, I think what we saw again yesterday was uh, very much of that and I think it's important if you understand or are aware of what they are doing to divide uh, 
members of society against each other. It can help you keep your head on straight so that we can work together to make uh, our community uh, more just and more fair. So uh, we'll go next to a track from a Calgary artist, Wizaker, from the Scarecrow EP uh, title track here on the Calgary Almanac, CGSW 90.9 FM.
One Yellow Rabbit presents the 38th Annual High Performance Rodeo. For three wild weeks in January, experience comedy, drag, musicals, live performances, and more with all your favorites, including Scott Thompson and Bruce McCulloch from Kids in the Hall, award-winning, internationally acclaimed DJ Kid Koala, the ever-witty, tragic comedian Pearl Harbor, and much, much more. Join One Yellow Rabbit at the High Performance Rodeo from January 15th to February 4th, 2024. Tickets on sale now at oir.org slash hprodeo. See you at the rodeo. It was a big love, she said. That's why it took ten years to get her out of your head. We watched you swerve. She peeked up the room. We heard you cry. It's time to say goodbye. to CJSW, Calgary's campus radio station, 90.9 FM.
This is the BBC News, broadcasting live in Calgary every weekday morning on CJSW 90.9 FM. Hello, I'm Moira Alderson with the BBC News. European Union leaders have agreed a deal to end a financial standoff over massive aid for Ukraine caused by Hungary. The president of the European Parliament, Roberta Metzler, welcomed the $54 billion package of assistance. This will give the credibility, the legitimacy and the predictability that is expected from us because Ukraine's security is Europe's security. We will stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. With details of the agreement, here's Alice Adderley. The $54 billion deal was reached at surprising speed, but the Hungarian Prime Minister, Viktor Orban, had been under immense pressure from other European leaders. He seems to have backed down from his demand for an annual review of the funding, which will plug holes in Ukraine's budget, allowing it to pay soldiers' salaries as they battle to hold back Russian forces. Mr Orban had been accused of blackmailing Ukraine's future and had been told to decide whether he was part of the European community. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has welcomed the assistance, saying it proves strong EU unity. Ukraine says it sunk another Russian warship in the Black Sea. The defence ministry said the Ivanovets, which carries missiles, went down off the coast of Crimea after direct hits from several explosive sea drones. It's released video footage that purports to show the moment of impact, followed by a big explosion. There's been no confirmation from Russia. Iran is pulling top commanders of its Revolutionary Guards out of Syria after a spate of deadly Israeli attacks. Iranian security officials have been quoted as saying the commanders had left along with dozens of mid-ranking officers. Iranian media said Tehran had no intention of a full withdrawal from Syria, but for now it would manage operations there with the help of allied Shia militia. Since December, Israeli strikes have killed more than six Revolutionary Guards members. The last attack two weeks ago reportedly killed four. In Spain, the regional government of Catalonia has declared a state of emergency because of a worsening drought that's lasted three years. This means restrictions on water use in Barcelona and 200 other towns. Guy Hedgeco has sent us this report. The reservoirs that provide water to Barcelona and the surrounding area are at less than 16% of capacity. Some water restrictions have already been in place over the last year or so. But now much tougher measures are being introduced. Town halls will have to limit the supply of water to 200 litres per inhabitant per day. Crop farmers must reduce their water use by 80%, industry by a quarter, and swimming pools cannot be refilled. However, only prolonged rainfall will end this crisis. World News from the BBC. Many people in Myanmar have marked the third anniversary of the military coup there by staying at home as a form of silent protest. Streets and public transport in a number of places were quiet. The UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, used the anniversary to call for the army to end its campaign of violence and repression against the Burmese people. The UN says nearly 19 million people, one-third of Myanmar's population, now needs urgent humanitarian support. The authorities in Somalia say they've shut down 14 websites linked to the Islamist militant group Al-Shabaab. They added that several WhatsApp groups had also been suspended and more than 2,000 mobile phone numbers linked to Al-Shabaab deactivated. 
But the BBC has confirmed that one of the jihadist group's main outlets was still online. Britain says all former Afghan Special Forces soldiers known as triples denied relocation to the UK will have their cases re-examined. The number of reassessments was not given. This report from Joe Inwood. The triples were set up, trained and funded by the British. But when the Taliban returned to power in Afghanistan, many members of the unit were told they were not eligible to come to the UK. Armed Forces Minister James Heapy said all rejected applications would be re-examined, crucially by a new, independent team. Campaigners have welcomed the move, but they have questioned why it took so long to come to the decision and how many former triples have died as a consequence. Hindu priests have performed rituals in the cellar of a mosque in the northern India city of Varanasi after a court gave them permission to use the space for prayers. Muslim leaders said they would appeal against the ruling issued on Wednesday. One lawyer said Hindus were now a step closer towards gaining ownership of the mosque, which is said to have been built on the site of an earlier temple. The Prime Minister and his BJP have long promised to return such sites to Hindus. BBC News. Hello, this is the BBC. CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasts the latest updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. Good morning. You're tuned into CJSW 90.9 FM. This is the Palgary Almanac for uh, the first day of February in the year 2024, episode 176, as will be documented in the station scrolls. My name is Peter Oliver. I'll be your host until the end of the show today at 10 a.m. We're going to be chatting in about 10 minutes with Philip Meinzer. He is a uh, conservation specialist with the Alberta Wilderness Association who are uh, hosting a uh, panel discussion this evening at 6 p.m. at their uh, office in Hillhurst on 12th Street Northwest in uh, Calgary about the Alberta Energy Regulator and... uh, reconsidering uh, what it is for, what it does, and how it uh, works for the public in light of uh, the uh, onslaught of, uh, I think, disappointing news uh, about um, lack of uh, actual regulation allowing uh, oil sands operators to continue to pollute into the natural environment, expand their operations, um, and... Um, and underreport the uh, amount of cleanup liabilities uh, to the public. So uh, stick around for that. We'll find out all about the panel discussion that's going on. Uh, we're sitting at a very comfortable five degrees here in the city of Calgary. We're heading up to eight with uh, sunshine today, high of nine tomorrow. Uh, Saturday is going to bring uh, rain or snow, um, probably a bit of both, high of three degrees, minus four on Sunday, and then back into sunshine on Monday with a high of one. The Palgary Almanac is brought to you by the Establishment Brewing Company, uh, the winners of the, or recipients of the uh, Alberta Brewery of the Year Award for 2023. Most recently, you can go um, celebrate the um, the glorious victory on their sunny, pet-friendly patio located in the Manchester Industrial Area at 4407 First Street, Southeast 
And you can check out all their delicious beers and shop their beers uh, online on the internets at establishmentbrewing.ca or follow them on social media, EST Brew. Before the break, we heard from Camera Obscura, a new uh, single from a forthcoming album, first in quite a while, uh, from the Scottish Indie Poppers. We heard a new single from Dana Kavansky, uh, Let Them Row. Um, that's from a forthcoming new album called Late Slap. I like that title. And then prior to that, we had Weisaker and Scarecrow from the Scarecrow EP, EP <laughs> out of Calgary, Alberta, AB. And uh, we're going to kick off this hour with a track uh, by Mr. Awesome and his I, Heat, I Eat Ghosts album all the way from Kelowna, BC here on CGSW 90.9 FM.
CJSW, 90.9 FM. That was Mr. Awesome himself, all the way from Kelowna, BC, where we died, the name of that track. And we'll go to our uh, first and uh, getting things lined up here. Uh, Our first guest of the show today. There has been a fair bit of news uh, in the last few weeks and uh, months and even years uh, uh, with respect to the Alberta Energy Regulator and all sorts of problems uh, in terms of reporting uh, oil spills in uh, the tailings ponds or around the tailings ponds, uh, reporting accurately and transparently on the uh, uh, li- cleanup liabilities of oil and gas wells and tailing ponds across the province. And the Alberta Wilderness Association is uh, hosting a panel discussion this evening on reconsidering the Alberta Alberta Energy Regulator. I spoke yesterday with uh, that. I spoke yesterday with Philip Meinzer, who is a conservation specialist with the AWA, about the panel discussion, which happens today at six p.m. Uh, you can attend in person and online. Here's the interview. I'm joined now by Philip Meinzer. He's a conservation specialist with the Alberta Wilderness Association. They're hosting a panel this evening at uh, 6 p.m. on reconsidering the Alberta Energy Regulator. And he joins me now uh, from Calgary. Uh, hi, Philip. How are you doing? Hey, Peter. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for uh, great to have you on the show. Um, well, for those who maybe aren't as familiar, there's been a lot of um, a talk in the news lately about the Alberta Energy Regulator. But uh, what is the the supposed role of the AER in in the province? Yeah, so the Alberta Energy Regulator um, is Alberta's sort of um, body that oversees um, energy projects. So you, you know, broadly uh, conventional oil and gas, as well as the oil sands. Um, they've also recently sort of taken on um, minerals mining. So there's a push for sort of um, different renewables, like as with the sort of broader global push for electrification for batteries and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I believe the Alberta Energy Regulator is also going to be responsible for for stuff related to to carbon capture. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a pretty broad role, I guess. Um, what are some of the concerns today about how they're operating? 
Sure. Yeah, I think we're in a bit of a period right now where the the Alberta Energy Regulator or the AER um, has been under some sort of public scrutiny for for various reasons. So I'd say over the past year, it was about a year ago, kind of February ish, that we heard about the the incidents at Imperial's Curl Mine. So there was a a spill, as well as news actually about the the tailings pond there had been leaking for, you know, nine months and possibly longer. Um, and and so, you know, there was this uh, kind of news push uh, when when all that happened and came out, you know, they they hadn't informed um, Indigenous communities that are sort of, uh, you know, nearby the Coral Mine site, say the traditional territories of the Indigenous communities um, in the area. They hadn't informed them for, you know, at least, at least nine months about this about this spill or this leak, um, and then following that, there were you know parliamentary committee hearings in Ottawa where the CEO of uh, of the Alberta Energy Regulator sort of appeared in front of Parliament. Um, there was also this independent review report that came out. So the AER commissioned a review of how it handled its response to that situation, and that independent review. Um, said actually that the AER didn't break any of its own internal policies. And so, you know, if you're if you're the, you know, regulatory body in the province and you have this spill that happens and you don't tell, you know, impacted indigenous communities or potentially impacted indigenous communities for for 9 months and you're found to be like, you know, totally in the clear to do that, I think that raises questions about the AER's own sort of internal workings and policies. Um so, you know, that was one one recent bit of news, um, then AWA, so Alberta Wilderness Association, where I work, um, we had been sort of dealing with the AER with regards to this planned expansion of a Suncor mine into this wetland area called the McClelland Lake Wetland Complex. Um, we we reviewed Suncor's plan to expand into the wetland complex. And as part of that review, you know, we saw a number of alarming concerns um, that showed that Suncor's plan kind of risked harming a portion of the wetland that they were supposed to sort of protect as part of this plan. Anyways, we submitted our evidence to the AER and and the AER decided, you know, that they weren't going to reconsider their approval. So that project has, you know, permission to proceed and that expansion is supposed to start in 2025. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole host of other things. You know, there's the news last week about uh, oil sands emissions being 6,000% higher than being reported. Uh, which is a huge number, you know, it was bigger than, you know, the oil sands were were bigger than mega cities like Los Angeles in terms of emissions. Then there's the issue of reclamation. So, um, you know, we have programs that exist to collect money from these oil sands operators or just conventional oil and gas operators to cover the cost for cleanup and reclamation eventually. But let's take the oil sands as an example. We have, it's called the Mine Financial Security Program. And it's it's supposed to collect money to set aside for for eventual reclamation, um, but it's been structured in such a way that it um, it doesn't actually effectively collect much money at all. And we we saw recent news that since 2010, um, we the Alberta's only collected 71 cents towards uh, cleanup costs that are estimated to be somewhere between uh, 47 billion and 130 billion dollars. So that's not 71 cents total. That's 71 cents over that period. So since 2010, there is 
around 900 million, so just under a billion that's that is in this pool. But that's supposed we're supposed to be collecting more money, uh, you know, as we as we move on in time. And and that 900 million is sitting there, but like that 900 million is nothing when your cleanup cost is at least 47 billion. So <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's a whole there's a whole host of reasons why uh, there there are sort of concerns around how the AER is operating. Right. And, and I think uh, some of this, like you mentioned, is, is more recent, but a lot of this goes way back. Is there a sense that um, anything's really improved or, or these are just all of the same problems compounding o- over time? Yeah, I think it's more of things compounding over time. Like, let's take this program. It's called the Mine Financial Security Program. This is what's supposed to, you know, be collecting money from operators to cover eventual cleanup costs. And it was it was put in place in 2011 um, to start recouping some of this money um, just in case, um, you know, companies go go bankrupt or decide to sell out and, and aren't able to cover their sort of cleanup. They're called liabilities. So, um, yeah, this this program was started to collect that money, but it, it functionally has collected, you know, nothing like less than a dollar in 10 years. And before that, there was no program. So it's, I may, I don't know if it's better than having no program at all that we've collected 71 cents in the last decade, but, um, you know, given, given sort of this recent news about spills, about like underreporting emissions, you know, new mines being approved when we're going through sort of like the hottest year on record, uh, like worst wildfire season on record, a water crisis, it's sort of, uh, there's just seems to be more and more examples of the Alberta Energy Regulator car- kind of just pushing through these projects or permitting these projects um, without sort of thinking about public interest or the ecosystems we rely on or the impacts to Indigenous communities. So it's, you know, it's it's not a new problem, but um, there's definitely sort of like heightened, um, heightened awareness of these issues, it seems right now. And for those just tuning in, we're chatting with Philip Meinzer with the Alberta Wilderness Association. They're hosting a panel discussion on reconsidering the Alberta Energy Regulator this evening at 6 p.m. And uh, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about who you've put together, who you've assembled for this this panel? Yeah, for sure. So the, the intent of this panel was really um, we... AWA uh, wanted to bring together sort of a, a group of, of voices from from different perspectives from across the province. So, you know, I was just talking about all these various issues and concerns that have kind of come up with the AER. So groups or individuals or um, Indigenous representatives who, um, you know, have been impacted by decisions related to the AER, um, any of these sort of incidents just to try and get people like under one roof and to start having these discussions about, you know, what are our shared concerns, um, you know, using AWA as a platform to maybe educate the public a bit on how, on, on what's going on, like what's actually happening in our province um, so that they can sort of understand the scope of the problem and, and maybe hopefully work towards ideas that um, could help move things in a positive direction. So yeah, we're, we're hosting this, this town hall discussion tonight. We have six, um, panelists from various groups. We have um, Joe Vipond, who's representing the Calgary Climate Hub, as well as the as CAPE, so the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. Um, we have Natalie Odd, who's from the Alberta Environmental Network. Uh, Mark Doran, who represents uh, a group called the Polluter Pay Federation, so it's kind of like a concerned landowners group. 
We have Jesse Cardinal, who is from Keepers of the Water, an indigenous sort of water, uh, water-based organization. Um, we also have uh, Sean Fluker, who's from the, the University of Calgary. He's a, like a legal academic. And, uh, and he's also you know, been involved in publishing some of these recent papers um, to do with um, the, you know, our inability to sort of collect money for reclamation. And I'm, uh, I'm blanking here on my number six. One second, let me check my list. Sorry, it's uh... Kevin Timoney. Yes. Yeah, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah, Kevin. So Kevin Timoney, he, uh, he's an ecologist from Alberta, and he's also um, written a book that came out a few years ago. Um, incredibly informative book, just showing, um, it's called Hidden Scourge. And it was sort of looking at the extent of either unreported or underreported um, spills from the fossil fuel industry across Alberta, Saskatchewan, and I think even down into the States, so sort of like Montana. Yeah. There's a sense maybe that this provincial government doesn't really listen to anyone unless they're wearing like a hard hat and steel toe boots and work in the fossil fuel industry. Uh, I, why is it important to still have these discussions? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Alberta um, has, you know, been a, an energy province for as long as I, I've been alive and since before then. And uh, I think it's always important to recognize, um, you know, the the folks who work in this industry. This isn't, you know, meant to be uh, sort of an attack on actual sort of like workers that are in the, the fossil fuel industry. We understand people have to support themselves and their families. It's more kind of long term thinking how how we can move Alberta in a more sustainable direction and provide jobs um, that aren't sort of fueling the, the climate crisis. Like uh, we we want to see a just transition for workers where, where workers are sort of trained or reskilled into renewables or, or other fields that can sort of slowly wean Alberta off of this um, this reliance on sort of a single industry. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you have a political environment that seems sort of um, like diametrically opposed to kind of the broader broader global trends. But, um, you know, we, we want to have these discussions. Part of the reason of having it, like hosting this event is that, um, yeah, if we can get more Calgarians to understand the scope of the problem and realize that the sooner we address it, maybe the less harmful it's going to be. You know, if we, if we can sort of transition slowly, it's going to be better than when it's sort of forced from above and it's abrupt. Like, I, I don't think any of these uh, energy companies are foolish enough to not see sort of the, the trends around the world. And so they're going to stay here as long as they can to, well, it's profitable for them, but they'll, they'll take off one day. There's nothing, there's nothing keeping them here. And if we're not prepared, like if we haven't started the shift before then it's, uh, it's going to be even worse. So um, yeah, we don't want to see that happen. We don't want to see sort of communities suffer and mass layoffs and that kind of thing. So it's, um, yeah, I guess it's it's a hard one to answer. If there's no, if there's a lack of political will, maybe maybe it takes a bit of um, public outrage and sort of like a, a more of a mass movement to create that political will. So I understand uh, people that this uh, panel is open to the public and you can attend in person and and both online. Can you uh, share details on that? Yeah, there's a registration link on AWA's website. We are close to, I think, we're getting close to capacity for in-person. We don't have a very small meeting space, but uh, I believe there's still room to register to participate. For You can you can just watch in virtually online via Zoom. So, um, yeah, there's an events page if you go to um, Alberta Wilderness Association's website. 
Well, thanks so much for your time, Philip. Yeah, no, thanks for having us on, uh, Peter. It's uh, always a pleasure. Once again, that was Philip Meinzer with the Alberta Wilderness Association, the AWA. He's a conservation specialist there. You can go to albertawilderness.ca and find out about the event happening at 6 p.m. tonight, both in person and streaming online.
the Hillhurst Sunnyside Farmer's Market transform your weekly grocery shopping to something locally constant. Head inside the Hillhurst Sunnyside Community Association every Wednesday between 3 and 7 p.m. to be a part of their good food community. As an Alberta-approved farmer's market, the Hillhurst Sunnyside Farmer's Market is happy to present you with a diverse lineup of local farmers, bakers, and makers every week. Keep an eye out for those special events and live music and find out more info at farmersmarket.hsca.ca. We heard there from Calgary's Vitrix from the I Saw Me EP, a track Zombie, before that Bry Webb, uh, Run With Me from Guelph, Ontario, home of The Runners, a track called Outbound Only, No Return. We're going to go next to San Morimoto, uh, uh, the album Diagnosis from Chicago, Illinois, a group that mixes elements of jazz and rap and psychedelic rock um, in a very... Um, a very unique and uh, original way. Uh, it's a great album. Check it out. This is a track deeper here on the Palgrey Almanac CGSW 90.9 FM. i 
like a rematch between what I know and what I hope for and every day I know a little more but you always notice when I'm on the ropes again hold my hand if we ever get out of here I know I won't forget I swore I'd drown before I let myself look away me and all the things you've ever told me sinking right into place now This is the floor of the ocean Nothing deeper And when you hold me like you're keeping a secret I lose my senses like I've lost so many times Why should this feeling take so
Chinook Blast is Calgary's signature winter celebration that showcases the best of our city. From February 2nd through 19th, whether you're into arts, music, sports, lights, or just want to enjoy the winter season, Chinook Blast truly has something for everyone. Find out all the details at chinookblast.ca and start crafting your own winterful experience.
CJSW 90.9 FM, Offworld there, Impulse Controller from the third and final album of the trilogy of Sandra Perry, uh, Ambient Music off CST Records in Toronto. Prior to that, we had Sen Morimoto from Chicago, Illinois, from the Diagnosis, um, jazz rap psychedelic rock record and we're going to go next to the fifth solo album studio album by english singer songwriter bill Ryder jones here on the palgramanek
Have you ever wondered how CGSW works? If the answer is yes, you'll be glad to know it's through dedicated volunteer support. CJSW volunteers help out at events around town and around the CJSW office in various ways. If you're interested in lending a hand, visit cjsw.com slash volunteer to learn more. This is the BBC News, every weekday morning on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Hello, this is the BBC News with Fiona MacDonald. 
European Union leaders have agreed a deal to end a financial standoff caused by Hungary over massive aid for Ukraine. The President of the European Council, Charles Michel, said all 27 members had agreed a $54 billion package of assistance. In December, Hungary vetoed the aid package, arguing the war was too unpredictable. Nick Thorpe in Budapest says the Hungarian leader has been forced to compromise. This does look like a pretty major backdown from Mr Orban. What he might still have achieved from this, though, he's established himself as the face of those in Europe and in Hungary, of course, who say ahead of the European elections in June that uh, Ukraine is not ready for either EU or, for that matter, for NATO membership. In Kiev, President Zelensky welcomed the assistance. Our correspondent Sarah Rainsford is in the Ukrainian capital. The important thing for Ukraine in all of this and something that's been underlined by the President Volodymyr Zelensky in his reaction is that this was an expression of European unity. It was 27 member states in the end coming through for Ukraine, despite some very complicated and pretty brutal, I would say, negotiations and wrangling and cajoling and even threatening Hungary with all sorts of measures if it didn't come on board. Iran is pulling top commanders of its Revolutionary Guards out of Syria after a spate of deadly Israeli attacks. Iranian security officials reportedly said they had left along with dozens of mid-ranking officers. Iranian media said Tehran had no intention of a full withdrawal from Syria, but for now it would manage operations there with the help of allied Shia militia. Many people in Myanmar have marked the third anniversary of the military coup there by staying at home as a form of silent protest. Streets and public transport in a number of places were quiet. The head of BBC Burmese, Soi Win Than, said the plight of ordinary people is dire. Very difficult. We talked about like, you know, two million people displaced. So it's really bad for those people kind of in, caught up in the fightings because the civil war has been raging, raging in Myanmar for kind of months now. And the fighting has happened, you know, is happening across the country. So people caught up in those places are very, very difficult. It's not better off for the people in the cities also. The, the economy is in ruin. There are long queues of people at the pumps to get their petrol. In Spain, the regional government of Catalonia has declared a state of emergency because of a worsening drought that's lasted three years. This means restrictions on water use for the vast majority of the population in Barcelona and 200 Catalan towns. People will be limited to 200 litres per person per day. Arable farmers will have to reduce their use by 80%. BBC News. The former Prime Minister of Sudan, who's trying to initiate peace talks to end the civil war, says he's optimistic that the head of the army will agree to a meeting soon. Abdallah Hamdouk, who was ousted in a coup, is part of a broad alliance that includes trade unions and political parties. The World Health Organization is warning the number of cancer cases globally will rise steadily in the coming decades. It forecasts a 77% increase by the middle of this century. Hugh Morgan reports. Experts at the WHO say the increase reflects a growing and ageing global population, with tobacco, alcohol, obesity and air pollution playing major roles. And while developed countries are expected to record the greatest increases in case numbers, it's in less developed countries, which have fewer resources available to tackle cancer, where the biggest proportional rise will be seen. The International Agency for Research on Cancer says around one in five people are likely to develop cancer in their lifetimes. 
The British government has announced that all former Afghan special forces denied relocation to the UK will have their cases re-examined. The Armed Forces Minister said Britain owed a debt of gratitude to the Afghan commandos who were assigned to serve alongside British forces in Afghanistan. The number of reassessments was not given. A court in London has dismissed a claim by Donald Trump against a company run by a former British spy who compiled a salacious dossier about his alleged ties to Russia. The former US president argued that the dossier produced by Christopher Steele contained false allegations. But the High Court judge said Mr Trump's claim was bound to fail if it went to trial. The Steele dossier caused a political storm when it was leaked in 2017. And that's the latest BBC News. CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary broadcasts the latest world updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. Good morning, you're tuned in to the Palgary Almanac on CJSW 90.9 FM. My name is Peter Oliver. I am hosting this show until 10 a.m. this morning. We're in the third and final finale hour. Going to go out with lots of uh, good tunes, lots of new drops. They're finally coming out after the, uh, um, what would you call it, like the unannounced or unofficial uh, embargo on new music releases that seems to happen at the start of the new year. Uh the first thing we're going to play here is a track from Calgary Experimental Lo-Fi um, Outfit, Easy Idiot from uh, Stock Music 2. We have a new track here on the Palgary Almanac.
CJSW 90.9 FM. We had a track there from Hot Garbage, Precious Dream, the title of that album. Before that, Marika Hackman and Big Psy, title track from the fourth album by the London-based multi-instrumentalist. And uh, we'll go next to... Uh, Phantom Orchid uh, by Pure Mother. But before that, uh, big shout out to our show sponsor, the Establishment Brewing Company, located in the heart, the very beating heart of the Manchester Industrial Brewing District. Uh, they are the recipients of the 2023 Alberta Brewery of the Year Award. Congratulations to them and congratulations to you, my friends, listeners, who can go and uh, reward yourself with a tasty beverage of your choice on their uh, ridiculously sunny and nice pet-friendly patio. And speaking of uh, sunshine, we're going to hit 8 degrees today and uh, and experience lots of uh, wonderful rays of uh, sun tomorrow is going to be a high of nine degrees saturday it's going to drop down to a high of three with a chance of rain or snow with a um, chance of flurries and high of minus four on sunday warming up next week uh, with some more sunshine high of minus one on monday we'll go next uh as uh, as promised to phantom orchid here as we continue to uh, steamroll through uh with some uh, rockin tracks in the final hour of the Palgrave Almanac.
partners with over 150 independent and locally owned businesses across Calgary and the surrounding areas. With your CJSW Friends Card, you get access to all kinds of discounts and special offers from participating businesses, including bars and breweries, record stores, coffee shops, cinemas, and more. Today's featured friend is Phil and Sebastian Coffee Roasters. If you're looking for great pour-overs, lattes, and caffeine alternatives, Phil and Sebastian Coffee Roasters is the place to be. With world-class baristas working on your ethically sourced brew, tasty snacks, and an inviting and relaxed atmosphere, Phil and Seb deliver a lovely cafe experience whether you're sitting in or on the go. Enjoy your next cup of joe and 10% off your order when you use your CJSW Friends card.
CGSW 90.9 FM. That was Visions by Lamplight, a track from Plains Apparition and Light Blending in uh, a Calgary, or sorry, Edmonton and uh, Oakville uh, collaboration. Before that, we had Helena Delonde uh, from the Goodnight Summer Land release, the second full-length solo release by uh, the Vancouver-born artist. And we'll jump next to a new release uh, from the seventh studio album by the American synth bop, pop <laughs> bop band Future Islands uh, that uh, came out earlier this week. Check it out. It's, um, it still sounds like pirate shanties to me, but I really like it. Another winter in shadow 
Fancy, Ani, Bonjour, Hello. This is composer Andrew Balfour inviting you to experience Ispichiwin, a musical journey bridging cultures and perspectives. It is both a personal journey and evocative testament to the transformative power of music. This recording features Calgary's luminous voices with the incredible Jessica McMahon and Walter McDonald Whitebear on flutes. It is my hope that this album deepens our understanding of Indigenous storytelling. Ispichiwin is available now wherever you listen to music. Slow fade, 
on the Seven Summers album Minneapolis, Minnesota's Aisha Minor. Prior to that, we had Future Islands from the People Who Aren't There Anymore uh, seventh studio album, which was just released last week on 4AD Records. And we're going to go next to uh, Montreal, Quebec's La Securité and Stay Safe uh, track called K9. Uh, makes me think of, think of dog videos. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it really uh, goes with it. But enjoy.
That was Ilis Sapi from the collection of reinterpretations by the Inuk alt folk artist, translated into her native tongue. Uh, I won't attempt to say the name of that one, but that was a cover or reinterpretation of Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye. Before that, we had La Securite with uh, K9 from the album Stay Safe all the way from Montreal. We're going to go next to a Nation of Language uh, remix by The Cutouts that uh, just came out at uh, the start of the month. And uh, that will more or less wrap up the show for today. We'll have another track after that, which I'll just leave um, as a little bit of a surprise for you going out. So we'll get that going where am i going to next here oh yeah the nation of language uh we're gonna go to that um thanks for listening to the show everyone we'll see you again in a couple weeks time in the meantime take care of each other don't let um the baddies tear us apart look out for one another and uh the community will be stronger. Thanks for listening. You're tuned in to CGSW 90.9 FM.
Reginald, look, crawling through the grass. It's a baby radio. Oh, it's so precious. Preposterous, Martha. A baby radio? No, no, woman, don't don't pick it up. It could be dangerous. Oh, Reginald, don't be such a drama queen. Listen, it's already tuned in to the most important station in Calgary. CJSW 90.9 FM. Martha, you know perfectly well I don't like new things. Oh, Reginald, you silly man. Of course you do. And CJSW is all about new things, especially in music. CJSW. New Things.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soundstage Offstage here on CJSW 9.9 FM. I'm your host, Adrian Alcantara, the Vice President at Radio of Schulich Soundstage. And joined with me today is none other than a club that's kind of near and dear to my heart, mostly because we've had headbutts in the past. Not because of me, but because, like, not, not my fault. But, you know, we love them the same. It is the lovely Commerce Undergraduate Society. Uh, more specifically, their president, Sierra. Sierra, why don't you say hi, introduce yourself. Hello. Um, as Adrian just said, my name's Sierra, and I'm the president of the Commerce Undergraduate Society. Uh, and not only is Sierra joining us here in the booth, we actually also have uh, one of the other execs from Schulich Soundstage, the lovely other Eskade student that I'm uh, excited to introduce. Uh, we have uh, Matt here w- w- with us. You, you, you want to say hi? You want to you get close Hello. in? There, there it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Commerce Undergraduate Society or CUS, that's going to get really old really soon saying Commerce Undergraduate Society. Yeah. So we hope you guys are paying attention. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your club does, sort of, um, you know, what, what what's interesting? What, who are you? What do you guys do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the Commerce Undergraduate Society is the largest student association within Haskane. We're also known as the Umbrella Club for all the other clubs within Haskane. Uh, We've been kicking around for a while, so since 1968. Um, So within the Commerce Undergraduate Society, we have six portfolios, including community development, academic events, operations and finance, internal and marketing. So we cover a variety of different things. Um, Yeah, that's kind of a bit of an overview. I love that. Aren't you excited, Matt, to talk about everything Haskane related today? Absolutely. I'm as a Schulich club. Well, techn- well, yes, as a Schulich club. I forgot. <laughs> 